Fit for Life Radio, episode number 64. Your hosts, Gary and Will. Hello. Coming at you. I am Gary. I'm Will. And today we got a good one. We got a good one. We are coming at you with some more studies from our um, Precision Nutrition Academy that we're in. They, they do these uh, research studies and kind of summarize and throw them out there. So we've, we found that it's been good to go over, relate, very relatable for a lot of people. Yeah, I think that they, they hit home for a lot of people. And today we are going to be talking about processed foods. Specifically, ultra-processed foods, you know, when you think of chips, donuts, things like that. Pie. How, mm. quote-unquote, bad are they? And really what we want to get to is how much can you include in your diet and be successful. So, And in general, obviously, successful, we're going to define as attaining, maintaining a healthy body weight sustainable nutrition that doesn't feel like it's being forced uh, for you to attain and maintain um, your body weight, supports your lifestyle, things like that. So hopefully you'll get some good takeaways. Probably you'll realize stuff you already know um, as far as the extremes on both ends. But we're going to dive in. So ultra-processed foods, how much are most people eating? Well, in America, this <laughs> still blows my mind. It's probably what you expect. Uh, more than 50%. So specifically from this, 57.6% of Americans. Of get, the average American. Yeah. Are, are, let me rephrase that. Uh, the average percentage of daily calories, 57.6% comes from ultra-processed foods. Uh, of the average American. So yeah, so most people are eating majority of their calories from ultra processed food. Which are like what you would think of as a processed food like yeah. you know, cereal and snacks and Yeah, basically and things like sugar, that. flour, oil. Yeah. I mean you can break it In down in any form. So you you break it down, sugar is a ultra processed version of, you know, from a comes down from a sugar cane all the way down to what what you see it as, o, you know, oil is typically yeah always ultra processed, right? Most mm -hmm. foods you I mean you think of an almond, think of how almond oil exists, or even olive oil. Um, specifically, the bad ones that you see a lot are like canola oil. So yeah, where's all that oil come from in an almond, right? It takes a lot of effort to get it down uh, to to this liquid form, which is easily uh, consumed. Right? So, what was the other one? Flour, right? So, obviously, flour, same thing. You see, like, a thing of wheat, it, it, there's a lot of steps to get it down to that fine product. So, and then most ultra-processed foods are a combination of oil, flour, sugar. So, that is majority of people's diet. Now, what's wrong with that? Well, it's quite simple. Uh, the problem with consuming highly processed foods are, one... There's two main problems. One is that they're easy to overconsume, right? It's a lot easier to overeat calories eating these foods because per bite, that's what I always like to think of it as, that's per put it. bite, you're just consuming way more calories, right? So we'll take a simple one, apple, unprocessed apple. You take a bite of an apple, the biggest bite you can take, all right? Let's say average apple is 100 calories. 
you could maybe get what a let's even be generous and say that someone could eat a quarter of the apple with one bite. So that's 20, 25 calories. 25 calories. All right, now let's take apple pie. Let's take a big bite of mm. apple pie. That same size bite. You could easily... Dude. What's a slice of apple pie, probably? I mean... 400 calories? Five, yeah, you, easily in that bite, you could get in 100, 150 oh, yeah. calories. So... You, you know, you take four bites of apples, you take four bites of pie, you, you start to see per bite the hole that you're digging, yeah. right? And then you look at like the brain, the effect on the brain. Of, yeah. Like that apple's going to be good, but you're not going to be like, oh, I need to, I got to get two more apples, me, but pie, like you're going to go get another slice yeah. of pie. Well, you'll be more likely to get that slice of pie, but nobody ever, you know, eats eight apples in a row. So that, that would be. A problem. Yeah. Then we also have, in the same sense, if we know, look, like calories aren't unlimited, there's a certain amount we kind of need to eat. Well, if 60% of your calories come from highly processed foods, which are typically less nutrient dense, then you're crowding out the amount of nutrition you can eat. Yep. Right? And that's also going to affect your satiety. You know, foods that have more vitamins, more minerals, more micronutrients are going to have a higher satiety effect. Because your brain's not seeking them out anymore. Exactly. So a lot of times on a highly processed diet, the reason then we're still always hungry is our, our brain can be seeking out nutrients we're missing, right? And it's not getting them. So you still have a nutrient hunger, even though you've consumed. So you have a micronutrient hunger, even though you've consumed plenty of macronutrients. Yeah. Um, that's a big no, one, I think. No bueno. All right. So now that we've kind of established where we're at, most people eat almost 60% of their calories from highly processed food. Why that's bad? So you're probably thinking, well, heck, like, let's cut them all out. Let me cut them all out. Okay. Zero to 60. Well, the problem is going 100% Spartan isn't the answer either. Yeah. Right? That usually falls flat as well on the complete opposite end of the spectrum you know we always talk about extremes and usually extremes just don't work you know there's a small percentage it will but for most people it's just not going to be sustainable or you're just you know going to fall off yep and kind of along with the study there was one done by arizona state university and it showed that dieters who had kind of negative messages about unhealthy foods which is like food shaming right yeah. like don't eat Sugar, sugar is like crack cocaine, right? When you hear stuff like that, so you start to think, oh, anything with sugar is bad. Um, and even though we were just talking about highly processed foods and the problems with them, it doesn't mean that they're evil and bad. No. Uh, so when we do kind of start to put that mindset in of good versus bad, it's going to lead us to increased cravings for those foods, right? And you see this with... Um, and this is what their study from Arizona State University found out, that it increased their cravings for the foods they could not have, and they ended up eating more of them, right? And they ended up having these binge episodes. Yep. So, and think about it with a kid, with anything. You tell someone not to do something, you want, you want it more, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, the 100%, you know, no processed foods, and, and ultimately, too, a stance we take on that is... It's not realistic. Like no, the our food environment. If you do anything social, is going to involve these foods at some point For or sure. another. You're going to have to face them. They're going to come, you know, birthdays and social events and even the grocery store and bringing them in your own house. You have to learn how to live with them. So the answer and from you know the study and a lot of looking into it is kind of 
what we always preach, what's boring, but somewhat moderation, right? Yeah. So the old 80-20. 80-20, man. Uh, so they have found, yeah, if you limit 10 to 20% of your calorie intake to highly processed foods, it's actually kind of a sweet spot. So you're getting <laughs> enough nutrients. Sweet <laughs> yeah, sweet spot. Pun intended. Um, you're getting enough nutrition from your whole foods, your unprocessed foods, your 80%. to where you're not you know, drastically missing a lot of things. And then you probably feel, you know what, nothing's off limits. If I want something, I can have a little bit of it. So now you're not going to create those huge cravings and that on-off binge cycle by allowing some of it in your diet. Yeah. Um, and you, you can do that a bunch of different ways. They don't really get into it here, but I know from our experience working with people and ourselves, you know, some people do good with a little daily discretionary calories. Mm -hmm. So you have a little treat or two, you know, something every day. Some people can, the, Di um, the Diego, you have the Diego, a little ice, cream ice cream every day. Sometimes, you know, holding off for the weekend and you know, you, you get to have, you know, a treat that you kind of saved up for things like that. Or some even having no plan for the daily, no plan for the weekly, but you just, Tell yourself nothing's off limits, and when you want it, you have it in an appropriate portion size, right? Yeah, you just fit it in whatever, wherever you want to. Yeah, and a lot of times you'll find when you tell yourself you can have it, you realize most of the time you don't even really want it. Yeah. So, you know, little mind games like that. and They matter, though. Yeah. They absolutely do. And if you're coming from a place where you eat a lot of highly processed foods, so you're one of those people where 60% of your diet comes from highly processed foods, it's not going to be as simple as turning the page. You know, no. there's going to be where you crack because uh, a lot of what we do is a f like eating wise, nutrition wise. It's not just about the food no. and the food choice. Um, there's a lot of layers. There's a lot of layers. So we'll dig into that a little. So when your diet is full of highly processed foods, like we said, it's typically often deeper than just the food. Um, it could be you choose fast food because you're too bus busy to pack a lunch, right? Okay, so maybe, so time constraints or we don't, or maybe we're not managing our time well. It could be feelings of loneliness, anger, sadness to celebrate, something we've talked about on a recent podcast. We could be, you know, eating pints of ice cream every night because we're trying to Avoid our feelings and emotions, right? Mm -hmm. Which is a huge one, I think, these days. Um, you know, another good example they talk about is, you know, do you snack on crackers or chips or, or whatnot, you know, kind of all night um, to get energy and stay alert? Because, you know, while we're eating, we're consuming food. It is signaling that that signal to the brain. You know, we're getting, so we are alert. And the reason we're trying to do that is because we only get three, four hours of sleep a night. And you're trying to just, you know... Yep. Keep putting gas in the engine as it as it mm -hmm. quickly burns up and yeah. And that's yeah, just a short-term fix, right? Mm -hmm. Or it's a short-term fix for your alertness problem and then it's a long-term problem uh, when it comes to consuming all those calories. So and then the other is just yeah, your environment, right? A lot of times we eat these foods cuz that's what our family's eating, that's what people are bringing in the house or that's, the office Yeah, or we gather with our friends and it's what we the purpose of getting together. So addressing these things is going to have to happen, right? It's not just as like, okay, I'll stop eating apple pie and I'll just start eating apples, right? Um, so be mindful of, of those deeper reasons. Um, and then, so with that, so some fun kind of scale 
Yep. So like we said, we don't want you to think good or bad. You know that we'll never have this food. It's bad. It's going to make you overeat. Yeah, process doesn't equal like bad. It's just... It is. It is. Right? Like it's just the... So it's understanding the time, the place, the circumstance when, yes. yeah, if you're going to allow yourself 10 to 20% of your calories, well, where does that fit in well? Mm-hmm. Um, or where, maybe depending on your goal, are some processed foods helpful? So We can go through a couple of those for yep. sure. And think of it on a sliding scale, right? Not a light switch, not on, off, good, bad, just more a scale of more often, less often. Um, so, for example, sweet potato, right? Obviously, you literally, it came out of the ground. It has whole food, unprocessed. Rough skin all over it and dirt. You got to wash it off and cook it. That is your whole unprocessed sweet potato. Then you can take it a step further into sweet potato fries, right? So now you've taken that potato, you've cut it up, you probably tossed it in a little oil, mm, a little salt, is, you mm. know, some seasonings, and then you cook it up. And since the food is peeled, cut into pieces, right? We were naturally, we're processing it ourselves mm-hmm. to make it a more tasty and easier version to eat, right? And then we're adding some processed oil to it, Make again heightening the flavor, the food reward. So yeah, that that version of a sweet potato now, sweet potato fries is a little more processed. Then we have highly processed sweet potato pie. Mm. So again, we've added more Let's to talk it. About it. We've added some sugar to it. We've added some butter to it. Some marshmallows on top. We've added some marshmallows. Mm, pecans. You know, you pureed it all, made it really easy to eat. Yeah, you digested the sweet potato already, <laughs> yeah. basically. Uh, you had some cr- wrap some crust around oh, that bad boy. God. Well, again, sugar, flour, oil. Um, now you're you're looking at yeah, highly processed, right? Everything about it's highly processed. Mm-hmm. Like there's a little bit of sweet potato, it was pureed down, and then you added a bunch of other processed foods. You took the sweet potato and made it um, super calorie dense, super easy to overeat. Now, with that said, there's a time and a place. Yep, it's Thanksgiving, right? It's tradition. You're with your family, Do it, baby. Go for it. Like the, Thanksgiving's one day a year. You know, but just not like every Tuesday. Yeah, it's your birthday. Okay, two days a year. Um, it's you're taking a cooking class or, or something, and you and you learn it, right? Okay, it's three. You see what I'm saying? Like even if, if you had sweet potato four or five times a year, that's nothing, right? Now, if you're starting to let pie creep in on the daily, <laughs> yeah, like you have a daily <laughs> pie, then you're gonna you're gonna have issues. So, and and again, you could maybe make the pie work if you portion it out right, make it fit, but then. That comes down to, but is it, can you eat half a piece of a pie every day? With, and then all of a sudden you might notice that you cannot manage that food. That turns into one or two slices. And it turns slices. into half a, or a the half entire a half a pie. <laughs> um, so then maybe that's not a, a food you should include daily, right? Yeah. Maybe you can find another, something you enjoy uh, that, that you can, can manage. manage better. Yeah. Another good example, so the apple we talked about, right? So apple, unprocessed, whole apple, picked off the tree. Pretty satisfying to eat one apple. You can take that into applesauce, right? So we peel the apple, cook the apple, mash the apple. Now it's in a, soup, a little bit easier form to eat. Some of the fibers stripped from it. It's still just the apple, maybe some water, a little bit of salt, maybe some cinnamon or something. Um, yeah, so it's going to be easier to overeat. But now if you're someone who's looking to, maybe you're, you want to gain muscle, you have a very highly active lifestyle, you have to eat a lot of calories just to maintain your weight. Now a food like applesauce is going to be prob- probably more helpful, right? Yeah, because it's ha- easier to eat. It's easier to eat to help you get the calories in. And it's not super processed to where it becomes like candy and... and you're going to eat a tub of applesauce. <laughs> it's out of control, right? Which, if we take it another step forward, then you have something like 
apple muffins, apple pie, mm-hmm. things like that. So again, you see when we get into highly processed, it's normally when we take a food, make it very easy to eat, and then add more calories to it that are also processed. So yep. in this case, like we talked about early in the podcast, whether it's pie or muffin, you're adding flour, sugar, butter, or oil, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then we'll do another one, something a little more protein-based. Let's go with uh, chicken. So you can have a rotisserie chicken. Just a whole chicken. That's that's the ingredient, chicken, cooked. And then you could um, take that whole baked chicken, um, turn it into chicken nuggets, right? So now Mm. we're taking flour. Oil. Oil. Salt. (laughs) Salt. Tossing Mm. it. Cooking it. So now you've... It's easy to overeat because it's a little more delicious, right? And yep. it's more calorie-dense per bite. You know, the bite of grilled or baked chicken versus the bite of fried chicken, there's more calories per bite. Yep. Right? And if you're still we're going to eat 15 bites of chicken, well, the, the more processed foods can be more calories in those 15 bites, right? So even though it felt like the same amount of food, it wasn't. Yep. Uh, it, was, it was a lot more. So, again, don't... That's not saying don't ever not have chicken nuggets, but they should be a smaller part. If like that's your lunch every day and it starts to make up a bulkier diet, well, it's going to be a lot easier and more likely that you're overeating. Mm-hmm. I so, think it'd be good to touch on another, what we can call processed food that I think is helpful for people, um, which is like protein, right? Yep. Whey, so, whey protein being the most common one. Yeah, so that's where, you know, not all processing either is... As we just mentioned, typically it's a bunch of stuff added. It can be, you know, highly processed things added to food. Or something completely stripped right? down. Sometimes it's just stripping something down a little. And it could have a beneficial reason. Like a lot of people struggle to eat enough protein to support their goals, right? Well, protein powder is tech, is processed, right? It comes from milk. Milk in its whole form, it's protein powder is a processed version of that, right? So like whey protein is just the whey from the milk. Milk is made up of fat whey protein and casein protein so it's kind of isolating out so really if you want to know uh it comes from the it's a byproduct of the cheese making process so when you make cheese you're basically um you know letting it sit and the way the whey part of the milk naturally separates and then the casein part and the fat is what makes cheese so then the whey can actually be dehydrated made into a powder whey protein and then there's some flavoring stevia stevia some um, sucralose, whatever kind of artificial yep. sweetener added to it, and then boom, you have protein powder. So while it's processed, it can actually, a lot of people find, cool, like adding this protein into my diet helps boost my protein intake, which makes my satiety better, and I eat less of other stuff, and it satisfies my sweet tooth. Yep. Now and all of a sudden... being processed, it's like generally a little easier to eat, right? Like yep. I know a lot of people, myself included, I literally just ate this, will add it to say Greek yogurt, and it doesn't really add a whole lot in terms of volume to, you know, my yogurt. However, you know, my yogurt, which is probably, we'll say, 25 grams of protein, um, you know, I just added, we'll say, another 35 grams of protein. It didn't really change my volume, thus making it a little easier to get a little bit more protein in. So that's kind of the, I guess, the, the flip side of something being easier to eat you know, when it is a, like a protein rich source like that. So there can be something, you know, some good things that come from, we'll say processed foods. Yeah. A lot of my diet is 
yeah. slightly processed foods because I'm uh, highly active and that I walk a lot, you know, lift weights three or four times a week, have been working out for 10 years. So for my frame, have a decent amount of muscle. So when I just want to maintain my weight, uh, I, I still need a decently high amount of calories and it's just easier to get it with foods like white rice, mm -hmm. um, Greek yogurt, which is, you know, slightly processed from what milk is, uh, yeah, so those those foods in general, I like to have. It's easier for me to eat, get my carbohydrates from a little more processed carbohydrates versus trying to eat a ton of, you know, if I was to have brown, I eat so much rice. If I had brown rice, oh, that'd be like terrible. the fiber would be the fiber yeah. intake would be through the roof. It'd be hard to eat enough. Um, or I've even done this and run into this when I if I eat try to get all my carbohydrates from potatoes. Right, potatoes are such a voluminous, filling, high fiber food that I, I can't eat enough if I was just to eat just whole That'd be a lot of potatoes. potatoes. Now, if I'm dieting and my calories are way less, I actually find, cool, let me switch from rice to potatoes. They can be helpful because they're more filling. Because then they're more filling. Yeah, I do the same thing. So, you know, it's it's nuance, right? And that's where it can be confusing because you can see, oh, so-and-so so eats white rice, but then I thought processed foods were bad, you know? So that's where it, it depends on the goal. Yeah. Um, and think about like, they can be a tool, you know, like most things can be, you know, they, they're not good or bad. They're just dependent on your yeah. situation. And like Gary said, like he needs to eat a lot of food. So they, they're helpful. If your goal is to like lose weight and you, you know, can't eat as much food, you want things that have a higher, you know, volume than something that's super processed. Yep. So full circle, Understand that a a, ma a major problem with, in general, America and the rest of the world's overweight obesity issue is highly processed foods, right? Mm -hmm. Now, we don't want to say, don't think of foods as good, bad, on, off. You know, think of it as more a dial. But in what this study and kind of report from the PN is finding is that if your diet is majority ultra-processed foods, which most Americans is, almost 60%, bad things are probably going to happen, yes. right? So now on the, on the flip side of that, do we go 0%, don't ever touch ultra-processed food? No, they no. see that with that also come some issues, which is typically you feel super restricted and end up binging and eating more anyways. Which creates some real bad yep. um, so, relationships uh, with food yeah, and things like that. Yeah, mental stuff and obviously physical results. Uh but then, so the sweet spot is probably the old 80-20, right? 20. Don't Don't bash them. Don't leave them out completely. Make majority of your diet whole unprocessed foods and then leave room for some of your favorite treats or some, you know, highly processed foods that you enjoy or that make your nutrition and diet feel sustainable, right? Ultimately, what's going to be the healthiest choice, and, and this is the thing we love to use, is whatever approach is going to help you attain and maintain a healthy weight and support your lifestyle, that is going to be the best diet for you. And for most people, I know for me included, knowing I can have some treats makes things more sustainable and enjoyable. Same. So the same exactly. Um, in that sense, you could, uh, like I would argue, um, some of my favorite treats are healthy. They're, they're essentially, they're essential uh, to my healthy diet your lifestyle because they make it sustainable. Um, so, and they support, you know, uh, my body weight and my activity level. Right. So that like, they're no more less important than 
um, the blueberries in my diet, right? So the, if I have some ice cream that I look forward to every week, that's as equally important as, you know, my chicken breast and blueberries. So I think once you understand that and kind of like that 80-20, and yeah, if your goal, and I would say this, like I'm, I'm more 90-10, right? But my goal, body composition, yeah, like you're leaner, leaner than, than it needs people. to be, right? So it's going to, yeah, probably take a little less um, wiggle room. But that's for you to find out. But in general... You don't want to roll. You, you don't want over half of your calories to come from no. unprocessed food. And I've even tried this and seen it. You know, with the whole for a while, like if it fits your macros, which is like as long as your protein, carbs, and fat are this, it doesn't matter the food source. Which, yeah, technically, if you do do that, yeah, you can achieve weight loss, things like that. But over time, people find that they end up um, with a lot of cravings, they end up binging more, it yeah, becomes unsustainable. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of been done and, and most people find they still, you know, gravitate to whole unprocessed foods for majority of their diet, the people that it lasts and is sustainable exactly. for. So, you know, dial, I mean, people, people want, want it to be an on off switch. On off, zero or a hundred. Yep. But the, you know, if they want the extremes. It's somewhere in the middle. And think of it. That's the problem. Most people do the extremes. Like in January, everyone hops on a diet. Whole 30, you know, I'm going to go go hard, right? Zero percent of anything else. Only what's on this food list. And then what happens? Okay, After the 30 days, what month. do you do? So we spend one month at zero. And then the other 11 months is the majority American diet, right? Where 60% comes from unprocessed carbs. Yeah. So it's like, boom, on, off. Nothing, like... The answer is the moderation, you know, yeah. it's and, not sexy, but, and something to remember too, like if you're, say you're the person that's at 60% of your diet is processed, like, don't feel like you have to go straight to, to you know, 15 to 20% either. Like just try to do a little bit better, make, nope. you know, 40% or 50% of your diet processed and just slowly, you know, make that change if that's what you need to do. Like just understanding that changing a little bit is way better than, not changing at all. And if you're just slowly working towards that goal, that's completely fine. So yeah, yeah don't ever feel like you have to do it all at once either. Yeah. Uh, like you can change one meal at a time, you know, or one decision at a time. If normally you go out every lunch, you know, or every weekend and you get fried chicken, like just switch to maybe unbreaded baked or rotisserie chicken, you know, so you're still getting to go out and have chicken in a more delicious mm -hmm. form than just plain grilled chicken, but you're kind of making less calories per bite, right? Right By making that s subtle switch. But still being able to eat a decent amount of food and enjoy yourself and, mm -hmm. and all that. So, yeah. Or it could be if every day you go to Starbucks in the morning, you get some Frappuccino mm. grande thing, you get a muffin, and you get, uh, I don't know, what else is that Starbucks? I don't know. I you just know, get coffee. Some other little trinket with that. Well, <laughs> trinket. <laughs> Switch, you know, start small. Just do a little bit better, right? So you could maybe switch the 600-calorie drink to a 100-calorie drink, yeah. right? Some coffee with a little bit of sugar and cream. You could switch sugar the syrup. muffin to like an egg. Yeah, they have a little egg sandwich or sandwich, something. You know, that would be some, or, or like the, a couple of the boiled eggs or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, until you completely transform by just making little changes at a time, you transform that breakfast, right? And now you went from a completely processed breakfast, you know, the sugar-laden, cream-laden coffee drink, the muffin, you know, 100% highly processed breakfast to then 80-20 breakfast. So yep, that is an option, people. Yep, it is. And I think just knowing that it's an option, that you don't have to be 
you know, on or mm-hmm. off is important to hear for people as well. And knowing that, like, I can have anything I want within reason is also, I think, important because, yeah, if you told me I can't have something, if you told me I can't have a lemon cookie ever again, yeah, bro, I'm going to go hard on some lemon cookies Yeah, one day. I don't even think I've ever had a lemon cookie, but if you told me I couldn't have one, now all of a sudden I want one. Mm. I never, I never uh, want it. For some reason, I have a psychological block of, like, if a dessert has fruit in it, I'm like, you don't want it. It's trying too hard <laughs> to, to be healthy, right? That's not a dessert. When I was a kid, no lie, I remember we would go. We had a Baskin Robbins near our house. You know, they have all the flavors. Like I was little, <laughs> like 17. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, Heath Bar was one of them. But I always thought it was like, a health bar because I can't couldn't see. I didn't get contacts. <laughs> I was 16 and I never wore glasses. I always thought it said health bar. Oh no! And I'm like, why would you want? <laughs> Uh, ice cream with a health bar in it, you know, like and a Nutri-Grain bar. <laughs> so I was always now, even to this day, I have that bias towards Heath bars. You know how like something will happen and you just can't change your initial yeah. impression. So on that note, I don't think I've ever had a Heath bar. <laughs> like, what is it? Is it like a Snickers bar? It's clearly not that good. No one ever really talks about them. So lemon ice cream, Heath bar ice cream. No, nah, don't. Man. I'll fight you over lemon. Throw, I need some. I needed to say chocolate nah. or cookie dough. Nah, Let's I do. I mean, I do like those Heath, cookie dough, man. That was Heath bar. That was me growing now up. Now I got to know everything about it. Like, who's is who the, is Heath? Was there a Mister Heath? Let's see here. The Heath bar is a candy bar made of toffee, almonds, and milk chocolate. I mean, that sounds legit. If you know, I have a confession. I think almonds ruin every dessert. So I'm not. I'm like, like. I could go either way. I just, like I, I don't. I enjoy like the almond flavor, um, but again, problem a little bit of a problem. It's like a health food, right? Yeah, you put almonds. So, in, like, what are you doing, man? When you you're trying to be healthy. If there's ice cream with almonds in it, I'm like, why? Why are we trying to tr- health it up? I just don't like the flavor. Of like, almonds, I would rather man. have chocolate chips. Oh, than almonds. Yeah. Like, what are we, what are we trying to accomplish here? So. Yeah. In fact, I don't think there's. I don't think I would ever choose anything with almond anyway, so yeah. Me neither, man. It, it doesn't... So that throws, but, but again, yeah, toffee, almonds, and milk chocolate. I like toffee, though. So what are the almonds for? Like crunch? Yeah. They're not for flavor. Yeah, probably crunch. They're kind of waxy, though, almonds are. They have a weird texture. Now now I got to know the, the name, though. Who is, who is Heath? What does he want? They're not giving this info. Heath bar name origin what did people do before google they just didn't know anything <laughs> look at this two brothers 1928 but you the, see the, you see their names man bayard is it bayard or bayard i'm going with bayard bayard and everett heath, heath. there we go they were it was a mr heath i knew there was a mr heath involved the dad ls heath owned a dairy and a combination ice cream parlor candy shop in Illinois. You know what? Like, the older I get, the more history and backstories. And, and like, I, like, I just read that, and I'm like, I need a documentary. Yeah, like, I need to know. Like, you let know? me see how this started. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I need to go find a book and, and, re- and look. <laughs> the like, history of Heath. I got to know more about this dairy farm. I do the same thing. Diego's going to, I mean, that sounds legit, right? Yeah. Like, so how do you end up with with a a candy bar? Like I gotta know more. I don't know. Like you're just out here making milk, which unprocessed whole food. There we go. 
<laughs> and you end up you you end up with a candy bar that lasts for generations. It's a, almost a hundred years, man. Oh, here we go. Early on, local consumers could have Heath bars delivered with their milk. Damn, they started that delivery subscription yeah. service early on. Man, oh, you you want to have your wholesome milk? Let me slide this in there. You think you think they did the old the first, first taste one, is free? Yeah, the first, <laughs> first one's on us. You eat it, it's like crack. Uh, no one had ever had anything like it. And then I guarantee you someone was like, do we really need these almonds in here, <laughs> Mr. Heath? Where do you even get almonds from at that time? Mm. Oh, man. I'm like, I know if you're listening right now and you want to know more. Yeah. So if you're listening, you have the ability to really dig in on this. Hit pause. Oh, ooh, here we go. Stop it. Okay. So early on, you know, the you would get it with your milk. But then in 1932, the Heath brothers slowly began marketing their candy bar internationally. What, do you use pigeons or something? Yeah, how do you <laughs> internationally market it? There was no Facebook ads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, who do you call? Uh, Did they even have phones back then? I don't even know. What did, what did you do? What was marketing back then? I can't. I put it in the papers? You, like, put it in the pigeon's mouth? I guess, man. And then uh, until 1942, the chocolate-coated English toffee Heath bars were made by hand using a copper kettle, stirring paddle, marble slab, and a rolling knife. I feel like now we're back to that. Like, yeah, like, we've gone all the way back like somewhere there. someone's going to start an artisanal candy bar store, and they're going to make it like that. That's actually kind of a good idea. Um, and then eventually, they... Uh, they sold out. The old Hershey company. Yeah, well. that That's probably who added the almonds. It probably is. I got to know when these almonds Bad got in Bad decision makers. That, I feel like that would be the crux of the story. Yeah. Like, that would be the apex is the almonds. Do you think they added them so they don't compete with their flagship? Maybe. Yeah, because if it was just to- But I don't even know what toffee is. What, what is toffee? It's like... What is caramel? How are they different? It's like toffee's hard. Like it's like a okay like oh like that's like, stu- like it's this, almost like a brittle when you're in New Jersey on the beach yeah toffee okay is that what that stuff is we have saltwater taffy <laughs> <laughs> come on man what's the wrong stre- with the stretchy stuff is that what you're talking what, about what's wrong with my brain man <laughs> that's all no I just, the only reason I know is Whitney made toffee for cookies once and it was really good but to- it's hey, like, that's it's that's, a, that's an honest mix up right. Toffee taffy, toffee yeah, yeah. Taffy. I've made that mistake before too. But could you imagine if you, if you were expecting one and got the other, you're not happy. Like uh, a Heath bar. What if the Heath bar was almonds, milk, chocolate, salt water taffy? <laughs> oh man, we got problems. Yeah. I mean, if if they did that from the start, people would have said, "Don't ever bring me this crap of my milk again." Yeah. But the world would be a different place. Here we are, the old Heath bar. All right. Well, that's your history lesson. That's it. If you want to know more, maybe maybe that's what we should just morph the podcast. Just a into. food history podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we just start telling stories. Now I got to know more about marketing in 1930. Yeah, like what? How did you do it? it was there's TV back then, right? Movies, maybe. Yeah, they but like ish. I don't know. If they you, had. You think they did like where like someone's just randomly eating a toffee bar or a uh, Heath bar in the movie, and then they just. Yeah. Smile. Kind of like now. You notice how I saw this. Tell me. I was watching the uh, karate movie or TV show. Karate Kid? Karate Cobra Kid. Kai. Cobra Kai. Yeah. And I know. So now, like, there's no commercials, right, with Netflix. So 
you notice product placement more. So you know how he owns... Is it like blatant product placement? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like how he owns... But the marketing mind in me, I think, notices it more where most people want it, which is yeah. how it's supposed to work. Exactly. But he owned a car dealership. And I think... I have to go back and double check, but in like the first season, it seemed pretty random. I don't even know what kind of cars they had. But this third season, for some reason, like the way they would stand, it was like Toyota. Toyota, <laughs> You know, like Toyota everywhere. everywhere. And I was like... This, this is popping out Dude, in my, my mind, favorite you know? is in, like, shows where, like, I don't know, they're cops or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're driving, like, the new Ford Fusion, and it shows, like, all the different functions of the <laughs> yeah. car, like, the navigation. Oh, hey, in the show, they'll be like, oh, snap, <laughs> this car is hot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like, Ford Fusion can do this. You're like, come on, man, like. Mm. Or, nah. they're, they're, hey, like, they're drinking a Coke, but it's like. Yeah, you know, face out. It's like a, a main part of the storyline, you know, and it's all turned out and it's like pouring down their face. <laughs> just, but they got to get the label in there. What movie mm. is it where they did that? Wayne's World? Where he's like, I hate when people just such yeah. sellouts and he gets more and more like gear on and stuff every time he says something. They were ahead of their times, man. They really were. Mm. All right. All right, well, let's leave it. Let's leave that's it. That's it. That's all we got. We're out. 80-20 rule. 80-20. Only save that Heath bar for 20% of the time. Not a 60 60- 40-60 rule, 80-20. All right, guys. All right, see ya. As always, thanks for listening, guys. If you want to learn more, check us out at CoastalFitnessVA.com or GaryDeagle.com. We'll see you next time.